it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And welcome to today's Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I'm Graham Thillis and it's reached the end of the season, sort of-ish. Um, quite when that was or quite when that was meant to be, I've lost all track of because I don't even know what day it is anymore. Uh, nonetheless, uh, today I'm joined by Craig Anderson. Hello, Craig. How you doing, Graham? Very well, thank you. How are you getting on? All right, yeah. It's, it's good as can be uh, under the circumstances. At least we now, we now have a roadmap, Graham. We've got a roadmap, um, so now we just need to work through the various stages, um, like you're on some sort of miserable grind in a video game. So let's let's keep that going and we'll get there eventually. Today, as it is the end of the season, sort of, um, what we are going to do is we're going to go through two team of the seasons. So we're gonna, first of all going to do a team of the season, which we think is our best players of the season, um, and then we're going to do a, a second one, which is a team of the season with one player from each of the teams. Um, I don't know whether we have to pick a manager as well. I have not, but I suppose it will just be whoever's 12th. Um, yeah, I, I have not, and I, I don't want to touch this team with a barge pole, so um, I won't be picking any of the two managers they've had either. Excellent, very good. Um, so, right, do you want to start us off? Uh, I'd give us your. We'll do, the, we'll do a proper team of the season first, and we'll start off with our goalkeepers. So give me the goalkeeper, Craig. So, I've gone for Fraser Forster. Um, as have I. Looking at the, the clean sheet numbers, um, him and McGregor are, are level and actually McGregor's played one fewer game. Having said that, I, I just fundamentally think Foster's a much better goalkeeper. I would agree with that as well. And, and while I suppose we are looking at the best team from the league this season, um, I think it would be very easy to make an argument for the fact that Fraser Foster's save against Lazio um, at Parkhead remains one of the, the best saves I've ever seen. Um, it, it still boggles belief that that shot did not fire into the net. I, I too, having watched, I watched it again the other day just to remind myself, and it is a, a truly astonishing save. Um, absolutely rifled in, and I, Alan McGregor might have got it. There's a very chance he is. He, he has the he has the capability to do things like that as well. There's certainly not another goalkeeper from the other ten in the league who. With the exception of some exceptional good fortune, would have would have pulled something like that off, and that's kind of what's stuck in my head. Yeah, you've got the, the League Cup final performance as well. If we're still talking about not league games, um, but I was looking through as well. Foster's conceded two goals twice this season. If I'm if I'm right, which was um, they lost to Levy and they lost to to Rangers. Um, just generally, he's just just a very good goalkeeper. The return because um, I was I was looking at the opening day lineups for the Premiership and um, in the first day of this season, Scott Bain was playing for Celtic, and you look at the just the change from Bain to to him, 
Um, I think I'm right in saying that they they still had Bain in goals for the Champions League qualifiers. Um, That's right, yeah. Maybe they shouldn't have, and maybe they would have been in the Champions League. Um, yeah, he's just he's just better. I really like McGregor. I've always thought McGregor's an excellent goalkeeper, um, and you can pick out so many great performances from him. But I do feel like he's maybe slipped a wee bit this season. There's just been a few a few things that have a few goals I've conceded where you think maybe he wouldn't have last season. Um, he's he's getting pretty old now, and um, while I still think he is the Rangers number one, or sorry, I don't sorry. Obviously, as while I still think he can be the Rangers number one for another couple of seasons, I do think they'll probably be looking at where next for, for their goalkeeping situation, whether that's McCrory or some someone else. Yeah, I'll give, give a quick nod to Mark Gillespie as well, who's been terrific all season long. I think would already have signed for Newcastle if about 400 other things hadn't happened, like them being taken over by a brutal dictatorship. Um, or alternatively, I, I, I Worldwide pandemic. Um, one, take your pick from either of those things, really. But for, for us, he's been absolutely terrific all season long. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he's um, for for. I, I was like thinking, who else could I even give an honourable mention to? And, and he, I mean, you can you can look at guys like Lewis and Hladke are probably better goalkeepers than Gillespie as such, or or have a better reputations or whatever at least. But in terms of performances this season, because to, to even keep someone like Carson, you know, picking up splinters all season is is an achievement. Yeah, he's he's been very, very good and he, he's brought an awful lot to the team as well. And the only other one I thought worth mentioning was Luke Southwood, who for a guy as young as he is, uh, not even just in an age sense, but in terms of full-time football sense, um, is a very, very young goalkeeper. Uh, and you can see why Reading rate him very highly. Um, there's a couple of performances. One of the I know it was one of the games against Rangers that he, he, he tipped one in, he chucked one in, but the rest of that game was, was absolutely superb as well. So for a guy as young as he is, in fact, he's can hold on to him for another season because it seems unlikely that he drops straight into Reading's lineup. Um, I think that'd be a, another really big step for them. So we'll move on to a right back. Who have you got? Um by default I've got James Tavernier. Um <laughs> I, I was I was like I, I don't really rate Tav- I don't mean I don't rate him, but I don't rate him particularly highly compared to some other people on this podcast. But I was looking through and I'm like who else can I pick? Um if you look at Celtic, they've used about four different right-backs. Um, Frimpong's maybe... In fact, no, I mean, I would say El Hamed's been the most impressive. He's only played a handful of games. Um, so you can't, you can only pick him off the basis of that. You go through Aberdeen, Logan's not had a good season. Uh, Stephen O'Donnell, unfairly maligned, I think, for us, but um, it's not had as good a season as the previous It's, it's not been at the levels that he has been in the past. Richard Tate's been okay for Motherwell, um, but he's not always played right back. And there's been Grimshaw's played there, and there's been a lot going on in that position. And then, and then, yeah, um, Hibs have not had a good a good right back really issue, um, situation. And you just start going through the rest of the league, and you're like, well, who else can I pick? Um, and at that point, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with Tavernier. And despite me saying, and I think Rangers fans would say he's not um, had his best season. He still set up seven goals in the league, which is pretty good. Uh, I went for Frimpong um, over Tavernier solely on the basis that I just got an awful lot of pleasure at watching Frimpong more than anything else. You're probably right in that given Celtic's uh, various options at right back um, and Bauer, the one who seemed to, I don't know, perhaps have the biggest reputation having come from probably the highest level of of any of the three of them. seems to be by comfortably the worst option out of the three. Uh, I, I agree with you on Al-Hamed. Uh, I think he was uh, very, very impressive in the few games that he actually managed to put together. Um, but for me, Frimpong was just really good fun. Um, really thoroughly enjoyed watching him. He, the, the look in his face when he got put off in the, the League Cup final, he was absolutely heartbreaking to see. Um, just because he realised exactly, kind of exactly what he'd done, and that was it, it was a reminder, um, just quite how young a player is he is again, similar to Southwood as, as well. He's just not played an awful lot of football. It, it reminds me in terms of how exciting he is to watch of um, of Robertson when when he kind of came into Dundee United, and you've just got this young fullback, and you're just like, oh wow, he's just doing all this stuff. But I would deduct uh, my point if points exist for for using the phrase "oh my days," which is by far my most hated phrase. I thoroughly enjoyed it up until the point that they put it on a t-shirt at which point the whole thing felt very spoiled for me um, but yeah I, I got a great deal of uh, enjoyment out of watching them more than anything else um, and, and again like you say there's, in terms of honourable mentions as like you say Hibs have like three and a half right backs um, between the three and a half you could probably put together one decent one um, Hearts 
I mean, Michael's, Michael Smith's probably Hart's best right-back, but he's also probably their best centre-half, he's, best central midfielder. He's played in so many different positions that, like, it'd be hard, hard pushed to put him down. And yeah, yeah, so that, that was my challenge. I thought it's just, yeah. it's just a hard position to pick. Yeah. Uh, on our centre-half, you want to give me your two? Um, so I have got Chris Julian and Declan Gallagher. As my I, have a, I have exactly that as well. Um, I, Julian, I felt a bit... I've not been convinced by Julian all season long. I've kind of stuck with my feeling, an early feeling that I don't think he's got the mentality for Scottish football. Um, however, he does seem to continue to prove me wrong by doing very good things. But then a week later, also doing things which are also very bad. His finish against Aki's at New Douglas Park for a certain half was absolutely wonderful. He scored the winning goal in the League Cup final. He's in another couple of really, really big goals. Has been very impressive in parts. Similarly, has been absolutely bullied by guys that he should not be getting bullied by. Um, his Obviously, his struggles with Lyndon Dykes are, are, are well known. But even like turning up against Aki's and, and really struggling against Ocampo, um against Aberdeen, he had a couple of his uh, sort of falterings against Curtis Main and just there's something that's not quite right about it and I, I can't quite put a finger on it. And as I say, I, I do wonder whether it's a mentality issue, whether he is not quite tough enough, essentially, to go and, to, to go and fight the big boys because he should comfortably be able to deal with those guys. He's, he's not a, he's certainly not a wee guy. He certainly doesn't look like he's struggling for strength against them and when he actually gets close enough to them, but it seems that they, they seem to get in his head uh, and he does make mistakes from that as well. But, so, but for, for me, the, the thing, the good thing with Julian is um, I've been talking for, and a lot of us have for ages about Celtic in Europe and not having a, a capable centre-half and just needing to go out and spend big money on one to get one that can play in Europe. And I think you've seen from his European performances, especially in the group stage of the Europa League, that's what he is. He's a he's a good yeah. player at that level, and I think you're right. I think it's maybe switches off a bit domestically. We've seen lots of players come here and do that, um, but it, in hindsight, it looks like a terrible decision to kind of leave him on the bench for so many of the qualifiers in Europe, kind of going back. But of course, he hadn't bedded in yet, and so so there's kind of pluses and minuses from that. But I think, like I've said, it's. It does feel a bit unfair because you're you're talking about a seven million pound centre half yeah. uh, playing against seven pound centre forwards. So it's kind of, of course, he's going to look good domestically most of the time. But he, he is he is I think probably the best the best centre half in the league. He, he tips it for he tips it ahead of uh, Ayer for me. Um, just on the basis that Ayer has been more inconsistent this season. Um, I think I feel than than in seasons past. Um, previously, I felt like he was in sort of a fairly consistent upward trajectory in terms of his performances, and he seems to be very keen to get involved in nonsense at this point, which is is not really helping his game massively. He's had a couple of really poor ones and poor big games as well for Ayer as well, which are, are quite noticeable as well. In terms of other players, again, somebody like Goldson uh, would probably be your mainstay at Rangers, who has been good, but again, inconsistency at points where it really matters. Um, other Rangers centre half seem to be a sort of fairly rotating cast. Hellander looked like he'd he'd, he'd come on a game until he's uh, was it his Achilles expo- or knackered or whatever else. Katic and Edmondson up both had really good performances and really poor performances. He's kind of ruled them out. Aside from that, I think the the my, my pairing of uh, Declan Gallagher in there, he has. It feels like this is a real sort of sliding doors moment season. Um, and uh, Things may turn around, but then when Motherwell collected Gallagher from Livingston and, and Hearts collected Halkett, I don't think there's a single one of us that thought that Hearts had got the sort of rough end of that deal. Uh, and th- there's, there's still plenty of time for that to turn around. Halkett is, is a good couple of years younger, so there's every chance that he, he will go on and be the player that Hearts really anticipated and the player that was at Livingston. But the way in which Gallagher approached this season... Um, has been hugely impressive and, and doesn't really seem to have let up at any point. The fact that he arrived in a in a Scotland jersey. Um, I was listening to what the Folk podcast the other day when sort of highlighted that Gallagher at some point is probably going to have to go up against Sterling Haaland, and he was like, "I'm no bothered. I'll do it." Yeah, I, I think for for Gallagher, for me, I thought he looked good at Levy, but Halka always seemed to be the one that, that stood out to you, and then. 
this season, I think he, I think with Motherwell and the, the credit that they, they probably won't get the credit for finishing third because of the, you know, the circumstances, the way the season finished and stuff. It's not like there's a big moment of it. It's just like they got a draw with Hearts several months before the season was supposed to finish and that pushed them into third place, whatever. But the, there's not a standout star in the Motherwell team, I wouldn't say, but it's a really, um, really well-oiled unit and there, there are good players in it. But the thing that, that jumped out for me is that if you want to pick who's Motherwell's best performer this season, I think I think it has been Gallagher. Um, both, both boxes, he's, he's dangerous. I was actually surprised that he'd only scored two league goals, but it feels like he's, he's always causing havoc, at least. So he's probably, you know... Distracted I've, defenders and nodded into the path of other people and, and whatever, like, whatever, like a, a, a like a, a distraction assist is, is yeah. pr- presumably a star that exists in somewhere or another. I, th- I would say Declan Gallagher and probably Peter Hartley in that sense as well is definitely are both definitely in there for that. Um, yeah, so for me, it's been you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with his career because he's obviously, I mean, he's, he's not far off thirty at this point because he's he's uh, wasted several years of his his career and his life um, off the park. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether, you know, you sometimes get guys like that and they, they carry on until they're pushing 40 as a result. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes next, whether he hangs about at Motherwell. I suspect he will and he, and he should for another season. Um, but yeah, I, I've just, um, as much as as much as there are things to dislike about him as a person, he has been an exceptionally good signing. Probably one of the de- one of the two best signings of the season, I would certainly say. Um I think the the other one that had he not picked up an injury, Stuart Finley might have, have had a chance of this because before he got injured around kind of November time, um he he was he was having probably his best spell as a Kelly player. Um hadn't started the season amazingly, but um he, he was playing so well alongside Del Fabro, then he got the injury. Kelly's season nosedive from that point, and even after he came back, you know, it was it was it was a short period of time. But had had the season gone on longer, I think he would have been in a shout of that, and probably Kelly would have been higher up the table as well. But yeah, I I, I really anytime I saw Kelly with Finlay and Del Fabro at certain halves this year, I thoroughly enjoyed. It. They were just very good to watch. Both of their uh, composure um, defensively was remarkable. Um, in a way that you don't really often see a huge number of centre-halves like that. I know Del Fabro reckons he's, he's more suited to Scottish football than Italian football, but he just seems like such a fine footballer um, and really, really comfortable there as well. Um, the other one that I, I'd give a bit of a nod to is uh, John Guthrie as well at yeah. Livingston, a guy who arrived with, um, I think you'd say, fairly limited fanfare, um, given that as soon as he signed, it was one of those signings where immediately his former club's uh, fans came on to tell Livy fans quite how terrible he was. Um, and the guy's just an absolute. Like more than anything else, it's he it, it, it seems perfect for Livy Ball, um, yeah. given the number of goals that he seemed to net. For I had him in my fantasy football for weeks um, as an absolute bargain. Well, and, we talked about how how good Declan Gallagher was, and yet he's left Livy and they've got better. Yeah, and, and um, the so, the way in which I mean, Livy lost Halkett and Gallagher, um, obviously last season as they as they moved on, and it really was a big question this season in terms of how would. Livy recover this season? Would they get? Would they be able to recruit players well enough in order to replace that hole? But not even, not even just that. They, they lost Alan Lithgow, who's sort of the third part of that uh, that defence for a huge part of this season as well. And as you say, they're better um, somehow. I've no real understanding as to how, um, but the way in which they they're, they're getting the, the absolute most out of players and Guthrie being a big part of that as well, um, certainly worth a nod there alongside Finlay and Del Fabro as honourable mentions. So. Left back, who've we got? Yeah, I've got Borna Barisic. Um, I think we've got a lot of crossover here, to be <laughs> honest. Yeah, I've got Barisic as well. I think he it's been a it's been a breakthrough season for him. I think Barisic before you could see he was a really good player. You you saw you know games playing for Croatia and stuff like that as well. And you're like, you know, this this guy is just clearly really skillful. And I I, I was thinking for a while that he would you know leave Rangers, you know, maybe sign for a, a Spanish team or someone in Serie A, France or Germany or whatever. And then it would be like in three or four years' time, you'd be like, he'd be playing at a really high level, and you'd be like, he didn't quite show that in Scotland. You know, you could always see he was a bit good. Even you know, there's been lots of players that have been a bit like that um, playing up here. Even somebody like Van Bronckhorst, who was good at Rangers, I don't think nobody saw the Rangers. Boss, he saw boss, yeah, boss, where yeah. he was going. Um, but then this season, he's, he's finally picked it up in the league uh, and domestic. Uh, sorry, and in Europe, and so you've started to see. 
consistent performances from him. Um, you're, you're definitely not going to see Andy Halliday favoured um, at left back this season compared to last season where that sometimes happened. Um, only six assists compared to the seven for Tavernier, but but that's thirteen for your fullbacks combined, which is pretty good. Um, a couple of goals, uh, I think one free kick. I can't remember if the other one was, but he, um, he's just. I really like him because he's quite hard. I like I like my left backs to, um, especially my left. I don't know why I like my left backs to be hard and not my right backs, but um, it's just the way I'm conditioned. But um, I like him. To, he's solid. He crosses the ball really well. His technique's really good and. Just you know, a pretty exciting player to watch. I really like players who will happily cross early, so cross from a deeper position. He does that a lot, um, and and yeah, I think I think maybe to work on is, is um, get getting more goals actually because I think his his left foot suggests he should score more. Yeah, it was that. It was his free kick against St Mirren, and his season really sort of turned around from that point. He he, he seemed like he was maybe sort of building up to something, but that free kick really sort of set him off for the rest of the season. A wonderful, wonderful finish and then a great celebration with the fans as well afterwards. So, yeah. Uh, in terms of uh, honourable mentions, I was kind of struggling a wee bit for that as well. Um, there seems to have been an awful lot of chopping and changing uh, for a lot of other clubs that left back as well. Do you have anyone in particular? No, I, I didn't actually. That's why Barisic Barisic jumped out at me. Um, I think I think Bolingoli was okay for Celtic. I think I think Taylor will probably end up taking that spot though. Uh, Aberdeen have used a plethora of left backs. Jake Carroll's was a pretty good season for Motherwell, considering the reputation he had. Again, you said that about Guthrie. The same is probably true of him. Um, Hibbs, I mean, I don't think Stevenson's his best season at all. Um, Kelly of yeah, Hamline and was me. Hickey, Hickey's undoubtedly a good player, but in a an absolutely appalling. I, I think I think he is. He do, I think he will have a good career, but I think he falls into the two separate traps of his team are so bad that by being somewhat competent, he looks good, and also he's seventeen, and and if you're seventeen, you pretty much get a pass on all the bad things you do. I really like him. I think I think technically he's, he's excellent, um, but yeah, there, there's nobody. I don't think there was anyone else to pick in that position. Um, have you so what's uh, how have, how have you gone formation wise? Because I've gone off, I've gone for a four th- a four three three. Um, I've kind of got a four four two, I guess. Um, yeah, it's very boring selection. Like it's just just Rangers and Celtic players, but um, I couldn't I couldn't really justify leaving most of these guys out. Well, I'll I'll start with a, a midfielder then, uh, as I've only got three, um, which is Chris Buck, um, who again continues to defy age logic his, the rest of his career um, as, as, a, as a touchstone to look at um, and again in a season where Kelly never really felt that they got going um, started poorly picked up a little bit and just never really seemed to to, to sort of catch light in the way that I had done I mean, obviously it was going to be a difficult thing to step away from Clark but to Burke seemed to be the sort of consistent level within there uh, and the sort of the setting the standard for the rest of the players at Kilmarnock um, and again, became as far as as far as I can tell, the only player ever of was it five assists, six, six, sorry, six assists in any game at a professional level. Um, which I'm, I spent a bit of time digging into that and sort of passed it to various people and couldn't find anything else um, yeah. for that. Is is certainly worth a mention. Yeah, he's in. He's in my uh, spoiler. He's in my other team, but I, I I thought I couldn't quite pick him in this one. I've, I've so I, I've gone from there. I'll, I'll do my midfield three then, and you can give us your, your midfield four. So, uh, my other two are uh, Ryan Christie, um, who I would very much assume is in yours as well. So we'll talk about then. And I've got Ryan Jack in there as well. Yep. So um, yeah, we're, we're looking quite similar. So I've got the um, I've got Forrest, uh, James Forrest, um, who might be in your team as well. Um, I've got Jack and McGregor in the middle of the park, and then I've got Christie kind of playing off off the left as he as he's he can he can cut in and let Barisic overlap him. Um, that if if we start with with um, with Jack, I guess is the kind of most defensive of the bunch. I ju- I've just I've ever since he moved into central midfield with Aberdeen, um, I've just really liked him as a player, um, and I think he's got much better since he went to Rangers as well. Um, he recycles the ball really well. He just, he just, he's just an intelligent footballer. Really, like he's become a bit more of an all rounder. I think, as I say, working with Gerrard's helped with that. Like he gets on the ball a bit more. He's a bit more confident on the ball to kind of try things a little bit more. But he's, I think, every team needs a player like him. He's a kind of continuity player. He's someone who 
you're in you're a midfielder, you're trying to make something happen attacking wise, there isn't an option on Ryan Jack's always there for a pass. And it's nothing fancy, but I think it's overlooked how important it is just to have a guy who can read the game, see what's happening, be the deepest man. He, he puts a foot in, he stops attacks. Um, I think we, we um, try to think it was back the game in Braga where he wins the ball back, takes like one wee, um, almost like a bot. He almost beats the player with body shape, then kind of picks a simple pass. And it's always a simple pass with Jack, but. It's a simple pass that sets things off. It's it's, always, it's a simple pass with purpose. Yeah, um, I think you could go back to Scotland, Scotland out in Cyprus as well. It was Christie's goal. Um, it was the same, the same idea. Um, he's just I, a player who I think is is hugely underrated. Actually, um, probably not by Rangers fans, but but by everyone else. And the, and the other good thing for him this season is he seems to have improved his discipline a bit. Um, he, he's not on he's not on the list of the top bookings in the Premiership, whereas two years ago he got sent off four times. I, I I'm I'm in full agreement. I think he's absolutely I think he's been absolutely terrific for Rangers and I think all of us kind of maybe had a look at it at the start of the season and with, with guys like Arebo coming in, there's there's an awful lot more sort of exciting and attractive uh, players in Rangers midfield than there was this time last year. And you kind of assume that Jack might be the guy to be sort of shuffled off and start playing the sort of maybe sort of the holiday role of coming in when it's needed or as a, as a functional player one way or another. Now I would be surprised if he wasn't the, one of the first names on the team sheet. His consistency is absolutely terrific, and it was particularly it was the the young boys game uh, in Bern when he went off injured with maybe about half an hour to go, and Rangers just absolutely went to pieces because they don't have somebody else in the squad that can do the role that he can. And there's a collection of fine midfielders in there who are good players, but the way in which Jack, again, kind of similar to, maybe similar to, to Birkin in terms of, sort of repeating myself, but just setting a standard of, of what's expected and making everyone else around him a better footballer by being there. So yeah, big fan of Ryan Jack. Yeah. I think it's another Ryan as well for Ryan Christie. Yeah, uh, for me, for me, Christie's the best player in Scotland. I just think he's, he's just, it's hard to say things about him because I just think he's, in terms of talent, he just he reads the game well. He's big. He's bulked up a lot. He picks a pass really well. He hits them from long range. But as I say, he's just a very hard player to talk about because you're you're just using lots of superlatives that you eventually run out of. But uh, eleven goals and eleven assists in the league um, for a, a guy who I think had had a, at least a small part of it out injured. He didn't he didn't play certainly every single game. When um, Obviously, Celtic signed him from Inverness. He got loaned back there. He never really made an impact. He went to Aberdeen twice, and I thought he looked all right. But you never thought oh, this guy's going to be amazing, and you kind of expected him to almost disappear. And then he's just kind of burst in. Um, I think you, you saw Inverness the the talent he had, but he's kind of you, you get lots of players like that who look like they've got good ability on the ball, and you never know if it's going to turn into anything. But now you see a player. Who has vision? He has. He, he's just a, a guy who you can tell is like a student of the game. He knows where he should be. He knows how to pick the simple passes, the hard passes, and it's hard to pick a flaw in his game. And I think that's for most players in Scotland, that's very easy to do. And, and I do think he he really really should leave this summer. As well as a, something I always, it was after he got put off against Livingston, there was a, an outcry that he's not that type of player. Which yeah, again, yes. I think I think both of us have been beating this drum for a while. Ryan Christie is exactly that type of player, and I don't. That's a, to me, that's absolutely fine. Um, the, the fact that he has an edge to his game, um, he has a bit of snide to his game that he, he clearly gives an absolute fuck about it. He cares hugely about the game. He try every, everything that you see in Christie's game. He is the sort of player that you might imagine has a sort of a lower work rate, perhaps, than somebody else. Then you see him turn up for Scotland games, and he's the one that is leading the press. He is everywhere. He is. I, I'm in full agreement. He's he's my favourite player in the league. I think he's the best player in the league. I think he's the most talented player in the in the league. Um, and I, I feel similar about the Scotland setup as well. I think he is the best player in the Scotland setup. Yeah, it, it baffled me. I think it was. Um, uh, yeah, we went to it together, right? The um, Russia game, and he, he didn't start. And I, I, I don't understand it at all. If if you're picking that team for me, he's he's almost the first player to go down on it, um, and certainly in a, a midfield position. Um, and, and it didn't work out as such. When he came on, that was when Scotland got better. Yep. I just that uh, every every element of his game, with the exception of if you have a look at his social media from 
uh, Friday. Uh, his uh, the cushions that he has on his sofa are absolutely appalling. Um, so I, I found a flaw. So it's it's good to know. Now moving uh, it's, on, it's a brave move, move for you to do, and I can see a cushion in the background of your screen. It's quite a nice cushion, it has to be said. But yeah, that's that's a brave a brave call to make. Um, the, the other the other midfielder that I've got, other I've got two others, I suppose. Um, the other definite central midfielder is uh, Callum McGregor. I don't think he's had a, a great season, to be quite honest. I think by his standards. Um, He's had better seasons, but at the same time, he's been very, very good. You know, it's, it's if you've got really high standards and you drop a wee bit below, it's like, you know, Messi scores 40 goals instead of 50. It's hardly like you can still leave him out of, of the awards. And it's kind of a bit like that with McGregor. He is possibly another one that needs to leave Celtic. Unlike Christie, I don't think he ever will, but he's, um, you know, he he's covers a lot of ground. He's got a good left foot. He motors a lot do you know what I mean There's, he scores a lot of goals I think this season as I said maybe not his best season he's still got nine league goals and, and six assists so he's contributing to that point and if you want a player who could potentially take over the mantle of Scott Brown as the sort of leader of that Celtic team I don't think he has it quite yet but if you're looking at who can grow into that it, it's definitely him because you can see he's just got that wee bit of attitude and, and a bit of snideness to his game Um and, he, and he's generally, he's maybe a wee bit nicer than Brown, but that I think Brown Brown is unique. I don't think you're ever going to replace that. Because I can remember, you know, a 17, 18-year-old Scott Brown getting in people's faces in big games for Hibs. So I'm not sure there are, there are many who are going to be like that. Maybe Alan Campbell, but um, there's not a, not a lot of them out there. And James Forrest, your other one, yeah? Yeah, um, I think Forrest... Um, He's just very consistent these days. Like he got fourteen assists in the league, which is the, the most in the league. He's got ten goals. That you know, it, it doesn't surprise you anymore when James no. Forrest does that because he's just he just does it all the time. So it's kind of like it's very easy to forget that you know that's actually pretty good. Um, <laughs> so he, he's, um, yeah, I think for a long time we weren't sure about him, but now you definitely look at him and go, well, he's he's definitely a Celtic quality player. He's definitely a Scotland quality player and he's definitely one of the, the best players again in, in the country um, he's, he's been playing a, a more interesting role this year for Celtic as well um, it, it was a curious have it, I, I felt it was very curious having him in the left side, hand side of midfield um, given that for such and, and you're quite right in saying that it's not a surprise anymore but you, from, from time to time you do catch yourself but you do, having him out on the left hand side of Celtic's midfield when he was so deadly down the right um, for such a period of time over the past couple of years. But again, he added a little bit more to his game. He's got a little bit more in his crossing. And I, again, it just gave them sort of different options in which to attack fullbacks and uh, and play the game. So, yeah. I always think that, that having that time playing on the left can make him better when he goes back to the right. I think that I always subscribe to that. I know that um, it sounds wanky, this, but... Ajax, when they have their, their kids, they apparently don't give them a position and they, you know, they, they play them everywhere on the park and it's supposed to kind of be your appreciation of the game. You can say that I would talk about a Kelly reference from this season that Eamon Brophy's had to like run a lone furrow for most of the season because we didn't have, literally didn't have any other strikers <laughs> for, for much of it. And he didn't have his best time because he was just never getting the ball. But then you saw Kabamba come in and when you watch Brophy again, you're like, he's got so much better as an all-round player as a result of having to do that. And so it's kind of like, you know, you're going through a, a shit time, you know, playing a position you don't want to play, maybe not being as effective as you like, but it ends up improving your game. Yep. Um, so do we do we have any midfielders for honourable mentions? Uh, several, actually. Um, I didn't want to pick just Rangers and Celtic players, but I just... Uh, um, just definitely, yeah. It's, it's difficult because if they're, if they're going to finish first and second, they're going to score more goals, they're going to have more assists. It's, and, and I think it's a position, Celtic especially, but probably both of them are actually strongest in. Um, Liam Polworth was one, um, divides opinion on from Motherwell fans, I would say, in terms of just as a footballer, he's quite nice, but he gets a lot of assists, he's very effective. A lot of them are from corners, okay, but he's just a very effective player. Marvin Bartley had a, a tremendous season um, for Livingston, um, then who else did I add a third one that I was going to say? Ali McCann, certainly worth a mention yeah. as well, which I um, imagine he'll appear, he may appear in our next team of the year, um, just for being a little bit of everything, um, just being a kind of remarkable young player coming through, given that 
it seemed a very St. Johnston thing to have a very talented young player that you just didn't mention at any point and then he yeah. just dropped into the team and started playing at a, a very high level almost immediately um, very good very yeah. very entertaining football and a very very exactly the sort of footballer that I enjoy watching um, like you say Polworth is very good for us Campbell is, is absolutely worth a mention for us as well his essentially Motherwell a, a big part for us boils down to if Alan Campbell has a bad day we, we're not going to win the game yeah. um, it's, there, are, there are weeks in which it has felt kind of as simple as that um, since Christmas he's looked a bit leggy um, and as such we've kind of struggled a little bit and that's, that's, a, collect, that's a collective thing rather than an individual thing as a team but it does feel an awful lot like that and I know we do bang on about Alec Gogic as well yeah but, um, has, well, there's two players who I could have given honourable mentions to, but they're, they're in my next team, so I thought I'd just leave it for that. He's one of them. Yeah, same. So we'll move on from that. So I've got I've got a, a front three. Um, I presume we both have Eduardo Morelos. Yes. I will go with my other centre forward then, who is Lyndon Dykes, um, who surprised everybody, I think. Um, there's been, there was a couple of transfers. You mentioned the Gallagher one, um, where... Essentially, Motherwell, Motherwell found out, or Motherwell fans found out that Motherwell was signing Declan Gallagher because Tommy Wright told them, um, because he was furious that St Johnston weren't getting him. I think um, you but, found out earlier than that, Graham. Oh yeah, I found out from a barber, but I'm not allowed to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> um, similarly, um, Motherwell tracking Lyndon Dykes, um, who ended up going to Livingston. Had Motherwell taken likes, had taken Dykes and uh, missed out on Gallagher, might have been a different season, might have been a, a, a it's hard to tell but Dykes at Livingston feels like um, you know in, in Peep Show when Mark Corrigan keeps meeting people and saying that oh, she's definitely the one like Lyndon Dykes and Livingston like he's definitely the one he's absolutely the one for Livingston Football Club and he's he's perfect he's, he's perfect in that system he's perfect in that system the system that Olivia developed in order to get the absolute most out of him and all the rest of the players perfect um, his Performances against the old firm this season has been have have been a joy to watch. Um, it reminds me of that sort of early, a sort of mid nineties Dougie Arnott, just riling, just riling up centre forwards to the, or riling up centre halves to the point where they just don't know quite what they don't know whether to come, they don't know whether to hit them, they don't know how to pull them, they don't know whether to stand off, they just don't know what to do because he's a sort of triple threat in being just quick enough to be you can't stand off him because he'll run past you just big enough and strong enough to, to hold people off and fight people and just tricky enough that you can't get super tight to him as well. He's just kind of everything from a centre forward and really, really terrific. To, the performances against the old film obviously stand out, but the, the way in which he stepped up, it's dead easy to forget that he ended up the season at Queen of the South. His season finished last year for Queen of the South and then immediately dropped into becoming a Livingston player. And two or three weeks into the season, was doing fine and then just sort of caught fire in the second half of the second half of the second quarter of the season. Um, brilliant, really good fun. Yeah, I, I like Dykes as well. He's, he's, I'm spoiling half my other team, but he's in my other team. But um, he's he's very much my type of player as well. Um, you, you think you talk, you described, and it's like a, a, a Scottish Australian Diego Costa, a, a big <laughs> a big prick. Um, and, and for me very much uh, I know we've both been on this bandwagon I would definitely like to see him involved for Scotland if we Absolutely. at all can manage to because we've not had a, a you, you think of um, centre forwards who are just a pain in the arse um, and you think back someone like Chris Martin got that many caps and for me Dykes is at least no worse than Chris Martin probably has the potential to be much better Um why not would be my question. It's not like we've got a lot of um, a lot of other options in that position. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not saying start them, but I'm saying um, start them. Um, <laughs> and then yeah, it's, it's pretty boring. Um, we we should uh, we should do a wee, a wee homage to Fowler and Joel's top strikers podcast by just not talking about Edward and Morelos and pretending we got cut off like they did. But um, yeah. <sighs> It's boring, apart from anything. Everyone talks about them all the time, but um, Edward, 22 goals and seven assists in the league. That's a lot. Um, and he's just turned 22 in January, so you're talking, you forget he's a young player because he's been about for a while. Um, and this, I think, is the season where you're finally... I've, I've always, as most of us would, thought yeah, he's, he's a good striker, but this is the season where you go, oh, actually, he's a, a very, very, very good striker. And he's won, potentially, as Dembele was before, where you think if he was allowed to stay at Celtic for 
10 years, maybe it would have the similar impact to someone like Austin because he's potentially ability-wise in that category. Um, but he won't because he'll be gone much sooner than that. Yeah, he is. The It, it kind of felt like his Celtic career turned on the, was it the 3-2 Old Firm game the season before, um, where he suddenly sort of highlighted quite what he was in terms of football and has never really sort of looked back from there. His ability, he can do things uh, as a centre forward in Scotland that no one else can do. Um, and I think you're probably right. If you gave him a 10-year career at Celtic, he would have an unbelievable amount of goals and an un- unbelievable amount of moments, which I think ultimately the reason we watch football is not for how many goals somebody scored or how many assists they've got, whatever else, it's for how many moments they provide. And that's why Larson's held in such high regard. Edward, in what is essentially like a season and a half, two seasons worth, already has a whole pile of moments which are memorable for a generation of Celtic fans who are going through an unprecedented era of success. He's a Um, a big game player. When when it's a big game, you know he'll do something in a big moment. He'll score the opening goal in a game. He'll he'll score the winner. He'll score against a big team. Um, And you can always rely on him to do that. And I think he's, I mean, he's had to carry the striking batting for Celtic all season because they've basically not had anything else at any point. Griffiths eventually, um, you know, came back to, to health in the second half of the season. But before that, I mean, you're looking at what else they've got and it's uh, it's slim pickings. Yeah. Um, and then Morelos, again, someone that we've talked about a, a hundred times, a thousand times. Both of us, he's very much a bit of us in terms of centre forwards that we, we enjoy and being a bit of a shit. Um First season, first half of the season was better than the second half of the season. Um, some of the nonsense that seemed to be following him around, which again, partially on him, partially not. I don't think it's, it's I don't think it's terribly unfair to say. Um, seemed to be sort of weighing on him just a little bit. Again, I, I similar to to Edward, I don't. I assume he's not long for Scottish football. Um, you can't continue to put up the sort of numbers that he has done. Um, without someone offering a good bit of cash to take him away and, and make him make him your centre forward in Italy, in France, in Spain, or whatever. It I is. think I think it says a lot about the structure of Rangers' season that he's uh, scored twelve league goals in seventeen in other competitions. <laughs> um, it shows how many times I've played in Europe, but you know, I think he was still the top scorer in the Europa League when the the competition um, packed in. He might not finish it if the tournament ever finishes, but um, he, the the problem with him, I guess, is that. Uh, the 2020, um, he looked like he was really taking off, and then it's almost from that moment that he, he got sent off at Parkhead, having yet again failed to score there um, for the for the the, the Umar Sadiq esque dive. He's got one one goal in 11 games in 2020, and that was against Hamilton in the cup. Um, before that, you thought you know this is going to be it for him, um, and actually, Jermaine Defoe's outscored them in the league, but again, Defoe tends to play in the yeah, lesser this, game, yeah. so it's maybe not a surprise. Anyway, we'll, we'll move on from that and move on to our uh, our eleven, where we pick one player from each team. Uh, give us your goalkeeper, Craig. Yeah, so I've got Vaclav Hladky. Um, As do I, because on, on the basis try... of how the fuck am I going to pick any other St. Mirren player? Fully on board with that as a bit of logic as well. Again, I don't think Ladke's had um, the impact this season that he did last year. Um, but that said, his impact last year couldn't be any bigger. I don't think so. It's probably an unfair criticism to level against him. And I don't think it's out with the realms of of reason to suggest that he's a probably, with the possible exception of John O'Beaker, who's my only other really sort of consideration from St. Mirren. The, he, the, the two of them play, paid his played as big a part as anybody else in terms of keeping St Mirren up this year. Um, even if the season hadn't ended as it did, um, I imagine the difference that Ladke makes in terms of points gained is enormous. So that he, he does think, he makes saves, which again, similar to a couple of other players that we've mentioned, he makes saves that I don't think a huge number of other players in the league can, certainly at the bottom end of the table. Um, the difference between Hearts and St Mirren uh, in terms of goalkeeping situations Hearts who couldn't pick a goalkeeper who had hands hands or just did weird stuff whereas St Mirren had Ladke all season long Um, and that consistency is is probably vital in what ultimately sees them stay up and Hearts go down 
right back. Uh, my right back in this team. So this is, as I said, right back's a, a troublesome position in general. So I thought I'll just uh, I'll just use up a team on this and I'll pick a player who's quite solid. So I've got Marcus Fraser, not even always played right back this season, but he's a competent right back. He always has been. Um, nothing more than that, but that that's enough for him to take. I, I feel a bit sorry for Ross Stewart, who I think is the, the Ross County player I wanted to pick in my team, but um, the look at the other attackers, it never quite works. So so Marcus Fraser is taking up that mantle. I mean, he's the, I believe, I believe anyway, he's the captain of Ross County and he's, um, yes. he's pretty dependable. So if you're looking to put a team out and you just need a guy to fill a jersey, he's not going to do anything too bad. He'll give you a six or seven out of ten. I have Michael Smith, uh, Hearts' best player, uh, as my right back. Despite the fact that I think he might have played right back for Hearts about twice this season, um, in between being a centre half or a defensive midfielder, or probably a winger or probably a centre forward at some point this season. I didn't watch too much of Hearts because I value my time too much. Um, centre half. Uh, so my centre half pairing is uh, Jason Kerr, and I've still got Declan Gallagher, yep. um, who we talked about earlier. Kerr, I think, had a, a season of two halves. I think he, um, he took over the captaincy in the summer. Um, didn't really seem to start off very well for him. They had a, they had a shocker in the the group stages of the league cup, and then uh, an even bigger shock, shocker against Celtic on the opening day. Um, and then he. He and they never got going. It maybe looked like, you know, because they were pairing him and Gordon quite a lot as a centre-half pairing. Maybe the lack of experience was showing, but then in the second half of the season, it's like they've grown into it. And St. John, I, I think St. Johnson probably got lucky because I don't think they would have made the top six, but they would have almost certainly, I have no doubt, finished seventh because I think they were the team, probably the most on-form team outside the kind of top top few that um, coming in at the end of the season. And Kerr was a big part of that. He's a really... Solid big defender. He's mobile. Um, he does he does everything well, and he has turned I think into a pretty good leader. He, he leads by example quite well, which is the type of captain I like. There's a, I mean, there's a lot to be said about having a bad spell. Um, a, a player that has no bad spell in their entire career seems inconceivable, almost. So the idea that having a, a tough spell at the start of the season hopefully he learns from that, and then whenever the season starts for, for next year, you would anticipate he'll come back a stronger player for that. Um, I went for Declan Gallagher as well, as we've spoken about, uh, and Andy Constantine from Aberdeen, um, who, again, we, we've, we've done Constantine a few times, but just love him a bit. Um, a guy who seems to be kind of in that Kurt Broadfoot mode of continuing to become a better player with every season that passes, which, given that he's now reaching the end of his career, seems almost inconceivable. But again, I very much anticipate hearing stories um, in the next sort of five to ten years. Um, I've, I mean, in addition, I, I presume that Andy Cosney will end his career at Aberdeen. And, and yeah, it seems, unlike, seems unlikely he'll go anywhere. Uh, I mean, unless he goes in place for like Peterhead or something. That, that's I, mean, very, but... I mean, that's very much what I hope happens and that he does like Sean Dillon and spends the next sort of three or four years playing up until he's about 40, uh, kicking around in Fort Montrose. Or Cove, or I suppose. Peterhead or Cove. Yeah, yeah. Something, something along those lines. But similarly to in that sort of line of Ross Tokley, um, who I gather is still playing like Saturday amateurs in Inverness as a central midfielder. I can't wait to see pictures of Andy Constantine still looking absolutely buff playing central midfield for somebody in some Saturday Amis game, just strolling about, pinging the ball about. So yeah, uh, Gallagher and Constantine in my centre-halves. Left-back? Um, still Barisic. Same, still yeah. got Barisic as well. Uh, right midfield? So I've gone for Chris Burke this time. As have uh, I. Uh, yeah, just, he, he's a player, that there's been very few over the years, a player that you actually are happy to pay and go and watch. Um, you know, you always know you're getting something from him and it, He's, he's a player that like, I never really appreciate. I've talked about him loads on this, but you never appreciated what he could do. You know, you look at him and he's a winger and he's kind of in effect. He looks ineffective when he's playing at a higher level, you know, when he's played for Scotland or when he was playing for Birmingham or that. And, you, and they really liked him at Birmingham, but whenever I saw Birmingham, it was against bigger teams and he, you know, the game would maybe pass him by. But now he wants the ball. He's very clever. He uses the space well. He floats in. He's got good technique. His crossing is exceptional. The, the the quality, the pace, everything about it is clearly something he works on all the time. If you follow him on Instagram, he's okay, it's with his kids, but he's constantly kicking a ball. Like everything you see of him, he's kicking balls, and you're like, well, of course you're going to get much better. And um, big moments. I mean, this season maybe not so many big moments, but he's this has been his best season for Kelly for me. Um, I I would probably pick him as our player of the season. Um, Presumably that went to Alan Power because of Wilson does. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, but he has um, 
it's, it's interesting that he hasn't signed a new contract yet. Um, I doubt he'll. I doubt he'll be going anywhere else. I could be wrong, but I suspect it's either sign another year or retire. And it would be really sad if he retired without getting a kind of cheerio um, from from Kelly. Um, but yeah, I, in terms of a player who had I had very low expectations of coming in, he, he's um, really exceeded that. I always make the comparison to when Celtic signed Maravchik, and you wish you'd got him five or ten years earlier. Uh, my, I said I had Buck. My two central midfielders are Ali McCann from St Johnston and Ryan Christie from Celtic. Uh, McCann has a McCann's been a, a sort of continual surprise all season long for me, um, in that he, to me, feels a little bit like how I sort of view Lewis Ferguson as well. And every time I see Lewis Ferguson, um, he seems to have a little bit of every bit of a midfield position. And you give the impression that if you asked him to play as a six, as an eight, or as a ten, he'd be absolutely fine. McCann, I kind of feel similar about as well. Um, has a little bit of an edge in every bit of his game. Is a, is a nice pass to the ball, has a lot of energy to get himself around the park. Seems strong enough in a tackle, seems to have, to have a bit of guile in his play as well. Just a little bit of everything. And then... When he he looked like a sort of holding sitting player, similar to Alan Campbell maybe, and then started scoring goals, and then he was very keen to highlight that he's always been a goal scorer. Like, I don't really know quite where to start with you, mate. I really don't. But he, every time you saw him, you felt like you learned a little bit more about him. And for a young player, that's that's got to be a great thing. And every time you see them, you you feel like they are developing or they've got a little bit more than they're ever shown you. I think you're going to start seeing this generation of Scottish players who've grown up watching like Barcelona and Real Madrid. This is the main thing, and, and you can see him, his style of play being that um, you know Xavi, Iniesta type. Of, and I'm not saying he's he's on that level. And then you can see someone like Alan Campbell, who's clearly models his entire game of of like Pepe or Sergio Ramos, and the kind of so you're you are going to be you are generally going to see these these types of players maybe a bit more in Scotland. And McCann, he's a real he's a real talent clearly. Um, for for me, um, my I went for three in the middle of the park. I went for Ryan Christie, um, uh, Alexander Gogic, and Lewis Ferguson. Um, so Gogic, I think we, we've talked about it a lot. He's just a he's just a, a player. When when he came in, you thought he's quite good. Um, you know, but Aki's have so many players. Most of them don't hang about. You don't really feel any sort of attachment. There's been a lot of players. Lucas Taglia Pietra. You're like, hey, he's all right. And maybe if he'd hung about, you'd have thought more of that. Um, Alex Dacol, the same. You know, you have all these guys, and you're like, yeah, they're, they're pretty good, but they never hang around long enough for you to think, to make a proper judgment. But Gogic has, he's, he's been by far the best player this season for me. Um, and I think Hackies have been better this season in, in a number of ways than they have in previous seasons. And it's not always shown results wise, but there's a lot, of, even the games against Rangers and Celtic, it feels like, um, okay, it feels like Rangers, but I didn't, I didn't see that one, but the ones on the tail, it feels like they've been a bit closer. It feels like it's a different mentality from Aki's, and it is really that because I think we're all, I think we're we're still a bit conditioned by remembering watching Martin Canning of of trying not to lose any game he ever played. Yeah, That's but, a, I mean, it's a good idea in general. It's <laughs> not not a bad way to do it, but at some point you're going to have to go and try and win a game and try and score a goal. And Canning never really felt like he was offering that sort of thing. Um, Brian Rice, on the other hand, perhaps maybe too far the other way, but again you've got to find your level in, in terms of doing that as well and I, I'm full with it. I just realised I actually wrote my team down wrong so Christie was in the left of mine and Gogic was in the middle yeah. along with it um, and the separate Superman has been he's been something else this season there was a couple of times last year I think I mentioned before um, where he came up against Boli Aribi who just turned him inside out and you could see Gogic showing I can't do this I don't know why I've been matched up against this guy but as soon as you give him that, that role in the centre of the park to go and head things, win things, throw himself about in front of stuff, he looks like he's having the most fun doing it as well. Um, and really feels like he's a part of Aki's. And you're quite right in, in sort of highlighting that. And the, there's a collection of Aki's players, the call being a really good example of a guy who was a really good player um, for them, but never really felt like he was going to be there for a long time. Um, it really, Gogic really feels like sort of part, part of the furniture there, mainly because he looks like one. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, he's he's my other midfielder. And Lewis Ferguson was the, the other one I picked. Um, every time I've seen Aberdeen this season, he's he's a he's a prick. He's a, he's one of those players. He's like he's like he's you know family. They're in the referees' faces. Um, my my gran often comes to the killer games, and she really, she's really taken a massive dislike to both Lewis Ferguson and Sam Cosgrove. <laughs> and and it's for exactly the reasons that I would like a player in general. That they're they're just assholes. They, they're in the referees' face. They're 
leaving boots in, they're, they're getting away with fouls, they, they're just snidey players. And Ferguson, as well as that, has a, has a real amount of ability. Um, again, you forget he's a, a very young player still, um, and he's been linked with Rangers. I, I don't think that will happen, but I think he will go somewhere, and I think he'll, he'll make a good career. I'd be astonished if he doesn't eventually play for Scotland at some point. Yep. Uh, should that leave your centre-forwards? Um, oh no, I've got um, I've got a f- five across the midfield. Oh, no, who's, who's, who's in your left? On the left wing, um, cheating a wee bit is Martin Boyle. Um, I, I, he, him and Burke can switch a bit. I had thought about playing Boyle as a right back just because I didn't have a right back, but then I couldn't I couldn't get the team to work properly. So um, yeah, Boyle's just a player I really like watching. He's so quick, but he's got a bit of ability to go with it. He never used to, but he's worked a lot on that game size of his game. Um, and you can think of the game against Hearts where he scored two goals um, and, and looked like he could have scored more. Um, you know, you talk about Hickey, but players like him have a te- have had a tendency this season. We already talked about Burke tearing up his shreds and, and Boyle did the same um, a couple of times this season, I think. he's, he's um, I don't think he's a player Scotland have lost as such because I don't think he would ever have been more than a occasional few caps in a friendly for Scotland but it is always you always do think what what if he goes on to you know kick on and I think re- in reality I think if he was a Scotland cap I think somewhat ironically his caps would be against someone like Australia yeah, um, yeah exactly <laughs> I, I really like Boyle as well and it was the start of the season when he went down against Elgin I was absolutely right. hot I was dropped it was He's, he's a player that I kind of feel sort of vaguely committed to because um, he comes across as such a sort of enthusiastic and pleasant guy. Um, and seeing him go down against Elgin, it, it was one of those genuine sort of heartbreaking moments where you, you know how hard somebody's worked to come back. And it was really good to see that it wasn't it wasn't as serious as, as, as it maybe looked initially. So yeah, that's a good pick in there as well. Um, my only centre forward is London Dykes. Uh, I have Lyndon Dykes as one centre forward and as the pairing for that I have Christian Doidge from Hibernian um, who for all the world I think all of us wanted him to be James Collins just because it's funny um, but then as it turned out he was actually quite good um, his, his consistency um, in terms of putting himself in the right spot and it was I know it's a bit it's one of those sort of stat nonsense things that I, I find myself a little bit lost in but it was something highlighting that Yes, his expected goals was very, very high because even though he was missing chances, he was putting himself in them. And it was his hat trick against St Johnston, I think, finally sort of redressed that balance of if you continually, if you keep doing the right things as a centre forward, you will eventually, it will pay off for you. And in that game, it certainly did pay off for them as he scored a hat trick despite not knowing about, I don't think, any one of the three goals. Um, but he, however you score your goals, whether they're good goals, bad goals, and different goals, they'll count the same as any other goal. Um, and uh, him at the him at the tip of that uh, Hibs attack really did sort of grow into the season. Um, I'm curious again another thing which feels like a little bit uh, sort of taken away from us is, is how he would have ended out the season. But I'm keen to see how um, he fits in with uh, Jack Ross and, and quite how much Ross seems to get out of him um, as a centre forward as well. So Dodge leads the, the the attack for me with uh, Lyndon Dykes. It's kind of damn with faint praise for me, but um, Dodge reminds me a lot of Colin Nish. Um, when, when Nish, Nish was pretty effective when he played for Kelly. Like he was a player that you watched him as a footballer and you thought you're you're not good, but he he did score a lot of goals and he and he got into positions and he was awkward and he scored awkward goals and then occasionally he would score a peach as well. And and Dodge very much feels like he's in that category. Um, again, I don't know if Colin Nish was like that when he played for Hibs, so maybe Hibs fans won't have that same view of Colin Nish as I did, but. Um, I think I think Deutsch is yeah he's really surprised. I mean, Craig, Craig, it's the tennis podcast. Hibs fans don't listen anyway. It's fine. That's right. That's probably true. Um, apart from the ones the ones that contribute. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think I think both of these are pretty good teams. I, I'm pretty pretty confident I could. Um, I'm I'm I either am, of them could win the Premiership. Maybe. I'm very confident that my side is certainly snide enough to at least get a European spot. Um, I think there's enough dig in that midfield um, and of quality with Christie and Burke um, and Barisic on the wing as well. I think a solid, good team. I think comfortably uh, European finish, probably above Rangers. <laughs> Nonetheless, uh, that's our two team of the seasons. Um, a proper one and one with a player from each team. Um, the downside is, I think, um, my managerial um, appointment would have to be Kettlewell and Ferguson who would tell me every week that the boys didn't do what they wanted in training 
She's a bit of a blow. Um, I presume you're. You, you're I would have Daniel Stendel um, playing six, playing everyone up front, and then getting beat five 0 and wondering why why they they don't win any games. It's a mystery. Uh, nonetheless, uh, if you have your own team of the team of the season thoughts or team of the unique, I don't know, player from each team season, I don't, I, I, I don't really float together, um, do get in touch and let us know. If you think we've made terrible choices, then do let us know as well. It's always fun to, for people to tell us that we are wrong. Yeah. Uh, nonetheless, um, we will be back at some point in the very near future, I would imagine. Um, I hope you're all keeping well and we will speak to you soon. Say bye, Craig. Bye, Craig. Bye. Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.